And Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I have said to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will do all the works that I do, and in fact will do great, greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's from today's psalm. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. There's a lot of talk of rocks and stones throughout today's readings. Did you notice? Last week was Good Shepherd Sunday, and Michael noticed um, in his homily that all the readings were about sheep, and he said all sheep all the time. So I get stuck with all the stones and the rocks. So let's see what we can do with it. As um, most of you know, our readings are on a three-year cycle, every, but every year follows a similar pattern. The weeks after Easter, instead of an Old Testament reading, for the first reading, we'll have readings from the Acts of the Apostles. So we'll hear things um, that happened after the resurrection as the church began to be formed. And then for the gospel, the first couple of Sundays after Easter feature post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. Um, and then we have Good Shepherd Sunday, which was last week. And then is followed by readings from the Gospel of John, um, which we heard today, in which Jesus talks a lot about who he is and lays the groundwork for what's to come and for who we are to be. Uh, these are known as um, his farewell discourses. It's a profound term um, for his final thoughts, basically the summary, the important things he needed us to know um, before he left this earth. So let's take a look at today's gospel reading first, um, since it's Jesus speaking before the end of his life on earth. Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Well, that's pretty much the heart of it, right? Um, do we need to know much more than that? No image or likeness could ever depict or explain God, but the person of Jesus can. If we want to know what God is, we need to simply look at Jesus. Whoever has seen me 
has seen the father. And he explains he'll go to the father, but no worries. We'll never be alone because he'll send his Holy Spirit. Spoiler alert, Pentecost is coming up, so stay tuned for that. It seems as if Jesus is continually attempting to explain who he is to the disciples. But since this explanation always includes references to his going away, the distress and sense of loss that they feel keeps them from hearing Jesus's final instructions while they're in that moment. They can only focus on the troubling news. And I know many of us can relate to not hearing, not remembering, being unfocused when life is distressing and every day seems a struggle, kind of like now. So Thomas is not quite understanding this going to the father business. And he asks, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? See, men do sometimes ask directions. I like the concept of going to the father. It's comforting. I found it amusing that father was mentioned 13 times today on Mother's Day. Now, I know many view God as a nurturing mother figure, and that's a really good image, especially today. And what a compelling image of love is the nurturing, mothering, and compassionate essence of God. Jesus is going to the Father, going to that which is love. But there's strength there as well. Scripture points to Jesus as a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. That's a strong image. Just as mothers can be the cornerstone of the family, that which holds everything up, that which keeps us safe, keeps us from collapse. God as father or mother, the motherhood of God, must be our ultimate source of the nurturing love we need a mother's love, a nurturer's love, the love of one longing to be that nurturer and the strength of a cornerstone. Thomas asked, how can we know the way? Jesus's response was, I am the way and the truth and the life. And we know that the way of Jesus is the way of love. When we lose our way, that's what we must return to. That's our GPS and should always be. A lovely coincidence for me is that in today's first reading from Acts, we hear of the martyrdom of St. Stephen, who just happens to not only have the distinction of being the first martyr, but was also the first deacon. Imagine my delight. But prior to getting to the reading about his martyrdom in chapters six and seven, Stephen is preaching on and on and delivers some harsh criticism, a little kind of fire and brimstone sermon of sorts, and he gets stoned to death immediately afterwards. That's a pretty serious reaction to a sermon. See, if he was preaching during a pandemic online, he wouldn't have had that problem. Well, while there are still Christian martyrs in the world today, we're fortunate that we don't face that head on. But what we do face can be a stoning of sorts. When our faith moves us to speak out and even act on issues, 
when our faith compels us to sift through whatever obstacles we face and return to the way of love. I can't help but think and mention the news this week of the arrest of two men, a father and a son, who shot a black man, Ahmed Arbery, as he was jogging. What strikes me is here we are worrying and struggling through a pandemic and there's signs of good and we look for the good and people coming together and we might even have hopes that lessons will be learned and the world will emerge a more godly place after all of this. And then there's something like this and it feels like a grim reminder that those who harbored hate have not changed. It's still here. Every report I saw had similar wording referring to the fact that these arrests were made after an outcry. After an outcry, which sounds like the outcry and not the crime itself led to the arrest. It's our faith, our identity as chosen followers of Christ that must lead us to cause an outcry, to cry out when we see an injustice. And yes, to risk the stoning because action and speaking out will get at a minimum some verbal stones hurled at you. We must always center in our faith, in our identity. Stephen knew who he was. He had a strong identity with his choice to follow Jesus. And so, stoning notwithstanding, Stephen's story is still very much a relevant model of faithfulness. In Peter's letter, our second reading today, Peter, the rock of our church, is giving the new Christian community its identity as people of God through Jesus Christ. It's the creation of a people who previously did not exist. Peter references the Old Testament and brings it forward. He quotes, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. The scriptural roots in this letter of Peter highlight the recurring theme of God naming a people as God's own, a transformation of people to God's people, the granting of an identity. Transformation as a communal people, but also ongoing transformation as individuals. And this occurs through our personal encounters with God in the depths of our souls. And we experience that both in the trials of our lives, as well as in the rejoicing. Transformation is solidified in our continued returning to the chief cornerstone, Jesus and we return in the Eucharistic community. That's what we're doing right now. We're fed through this connection, and that's what makes us the church, a community of God's people held up by that chief cornerstone. Now, we know we emerged from what the Old Testament identifies as the chosen people of God, an amazing lineage of faith for us. And we're chosen people of God again through Jesus Christ. The difference now is that it's for us to choose to follow Christ. 
we willingly choose to enter that spiritual house. Peter said, come to him a living stone and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. So this does not say build a spiritual house as in a material place, rather let yourselves be built into a spiritual house. This is especially meaningful right now when we're not able to be together in our actual brick and mortar spiritual house. We are in these difficult circumstances, building up our own spiritual houses within our souls and building our spiritual house as a community as we reach out to one another to pray and worship together in new ways. Our house is built by the spirit of the living God dwelling in our community. Easter seems a long time ago, the Easter of the pandemic, when we were finally free to exclaim Alleluia. But the Easter Alleluia is something we need to hold close in our hearts as we encounter loneliness, sadness, sickness, death, the loss of our very lives right now, when it can be difficult to keep the Easter joy. Death is beaten down on Easter through the resurrection, but we need to remember, especially now, there's life and resurrection and transformation to be celebrated every day, not just at Easter. We have only to see through all the things that are happening in the world, see through all the difficulties, see through the evil and hate, see and remember our identity to know who we are to remember our rock, our cornerstone, and to withstand the stones that life hurls at us. We are one body of Christ with one foundation, one cornerstone, and we're never alone. We are the people of the way of Jesus, the way of love. We've been chosen and we have chosen. It's that identity we must cling to. It's enough to sustain us, to support us, to empower us for the days ahead. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.